uh, let us pray uh, and let's get to the message. God, we, we thank you that uh, we are starting to celebrate. We're starting to really immerse ourselves in the, in the idea that you have come, that you are Emmanuel, that you are God with us uh, in the pain, in the suffering, uh, in the good, in the bad. Uh, you, you love us exactly for who we are. You came for us exactly for who we are, not the people we are with masks, not the successful people, not the not successful people. You love us exactly for who we are, and you came for us exactly for who we are. You are God with us, and so we thank you that you are with us in everything. We pray that we will resemble that in the message today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I got some friends uh, that are in film, like, like many of you do. Uh, and one of my friend, friends has, has kind of a loose mouth about the actors. Uh, it's, it's not really on his moral compass, uh, you know, gossiping or not gossiping. I don't think it's really on anybody's. For some reason, this is kind of ironic, but we have full gossip magazines about these folks. Uh, even though they're humans, we just tend to talk behind their back and feel really good about it. Um, and so he's telling me about these, these actors and actress, actresses, and I'm entertaining it because some, for some reason I'm just going with the flow. Like, yeah, they're rich and famous. Let's talk behind their back. You know, for some reason that's just how we roll. And so he's telling me about these folks. Now, now he, does, he does the job that nobody wants, right? He, he gets the water bottle for people, or he holds the lamp in place during scene and tries to hide so that nobody sees him. Like that, That's kind of his job. He's, wor- he's working for his big break as a producer. Uh, and so he knows all the ins and outs of these actors. And, and what's fascinating to me is that if somebody plays something on screen, you assume, especially if they do it consistently, if they're like that one typecast type of actor, you assume that's who they are off screen, right? I mean, that just makes sense. And he's telling me one day, he's like, like this guy's a big meanie head. Now, he didn't use these words. Uh, he didn't call him a cottonhead and ninny muggin, but like, I'm just going to use that because we're in church, and the words that he used are not supposed to happen on the church stage. And so he called him a big meanie head in different words, and I'm like, no. Because this is the person that plays like sweetheart, romantic comedy guy in everything. And so he like rocked my world. Because now I can't even watch this guy on screen the same way because I know he's a cottonhead and ninny mug. And I just know I, he's, not a, he's not a great person off screen. And I'm, I'm upset about this. And that was shocking. But then he brought up this guy named Colin Farrell. You guys remember Colin Farrell? He hasn't been in anything in a long time, right? But, you know, if you grew up, when I grew up, he was in a bunch of things. And he always played the mean guy. The arrogant, mean, I don't need anybody, they don't need me type of guy. Just, just, and he's also got that face. Which, which is also something that we struggle with as humans. We're like, they're mean. How do you know? Their face. It's just, I don't really know them. It's just their face. Um, and, and so he plays that guy. He has that face. And he's like, Colin Farrell is the biggest sweetheart. I'm like, no. You mean Will Farrell? He's like, no. Colin Farrell is the biggest sweetheart. I'm like, so what made you think that? He said, lunch. I said, lunch? He said, yeah, lunch. Like, he would come every day and sit with us, errand runners and water bottle holders, and just spend time with us and do life with us. Colin Farrell. See, what was shocking to my friend was that Colin Farrell would leave what we're going to call his platform. Every human has a platform, and some platforms are higher than others. A lot of us are working toward a certain platform. Some of us are great. We're just happy at the platform that we have. It's not that high. It's not that tall. We're really good with that. Colin Farrell has a big platform. He's a famous actor. He's got a lot of money. And what was shocking to him was that he came down to do life with the errand runners. Right? So, so that gap... We're going to call it the platform life gap. i got a little graph for you. You guys know I make up concepts and graphs. It's one of the things you got to deal with as I'm your pastor. Um, we'll call it the platform life gap. The larger the gap, the more shocking the love actually is, right? 
Like the, the, the bigger the platform that you leave and the lower the life that you do is the more shocking that love, the more radical that love is, which is what was shocking to my friend. Now, for, for me, if like, even if you don't like the president, if he called you up and was like, you know, let's get some Krispy Kreme together, I think you'd do it just because of this concept. Because that platform life gap, gap is, is, is huge. Now, I, I don't know if you feel this way. Sometimes I feel like I, I wish I had talked about Jesus in a certain moment. Anybody else like that? Anybody else feel like that? Oh, I should have shared Jesus in that moment because we believe that Jesus is the greatest hope that this world has ever known. And so I feel like, because my friend does not know Jesus, I feel like in that moment I should have shared about Jesus and it would have sounded something like this. Like if, if Colin Farrell is amazing to you, let me tell you about a king that I know. And he's not just a king, he's the king of kings. Like every king, they call him king of kings because every king from the beginning of time has been below his authority. The king of kings. He has, he has this throne that he sits on. Him and the father sit on this throne. He sits at the right hand of the throne and it has authority. It has so much authority that he can heal people. It has so much authority that when he speaks, things go into existence. Light, sun, moon, stars, ocean goes into existence. So much authority that he tells mountains where to go. Like that, that's his platform. This is the, the king that I'm talking about. That is his platform. And for 33 years, he came and lived as a servant, as a slave. On purpose, he was hated. On purpose, he was someone who traveled for three years as a homeless traveler with no, no real place to lay his head. On purpose, he was crucified as a hated heretic. He, he allowed this to happen because he wanted to live as a servant for us for those 33 years. What do you think about that platform life gap? There's no such thing like it. You can name the most famous person that you've ever met that's taken a selfie with you and you were amazed by that moment. Oh my goodness, Shaquille O'Neal, as big as he is, both in platform and life, he took a selfie with me. Like, that is shocking to you. But there's no platform life gap like this. The king of kings gets down on his hands and knees and serves his people, loves his people, washes his people's feet, and then dies for his people. So I realize that Colin Farrell is shocking to you, but what about a king who gives up his life for you? Wish I would have said that. Would have been kind of a long speech for a moment like that, but I wish... I would have said something like that. You know, this is, the, this is the Christmas that we celebrate. This is the gospel that we celebrate. This missionary loving God who, no, yeah, we, okay, we celebrate on the 25th. I'm not really sure how close that is to the actual date. It's probably way off. But we celebrate this God who sits on a throne with all the authority, all the trimmings, and leaves that throne to be crucified for us, leaves that throne to, to live for us, to be born into a cave-like setting, like, there's a lot of argument about where Jesus was born. You know, there's a lot of songs. There was no room for him at the end. He, he's really born into kind of a feeding trough in a cave-like setting, a spare room setting. He's born to a family that doesn't have anybody special in it. A, a town that has produced nobody. Like, we had, the, we had this town in, in Michigan. Uh, it, was, it was called Coopersville. People called it Poopersville. Uh, and, and it's because it smelled, and it, it was just a farming town. It was a very humble town. It was very simple. Uh, and, and this is really like Jesus being born to this town. It's never produced anybody. It's never produced a star quarterback. It's never produced an actor or an actress or any, a king or anybody special. And that, that's, that's what he's born from. In the scriptures, they ask, could anything good come out of Nazareth? 
Like this is, this is, our, this is the platform life gap that we celebrate. Uh, the scripture talks about this platform life gap. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God to be grasped. Did not count equality with God to be grasped. Now, li- listen to that, because being grasped means you shove it in someone's face. Like, if I'm special, I, I let somebody know. If I get a special moment, if I get some sort of promotion, I'm all up on the Twitter. Right? And I do this thing where I take a picture and I say, I'm humbled to accept. You know, you can brag about anything you want as long as you write, I'm humbled to accept most awesomeness at my company. Right? That's just what we do. Like, we are a people who grasp onto platform. We love platform. This is saying that Jesus did not love his platform. He did not grasp onto it. He did not shove it in people's face, even though he was the king of kings and the lord of lords. We've always been a people who love platform, who chase after it. Now, again, some of you are okay with the platform you got. You're like, I got this. I got money. I'm fine. I got a place to live. I got food on my table. I'm good with that platform. I don't need 30 people under me and the authority that, that, that comes along with it. But some of us are just searching for that platform. And we have been since the beginning of time. I want to make an interesting note here because it was, it was super interesting to my heart this week when I realized that from the beginning, from the first humans, people have been trying to grab onto platform. Have you ever noticed this about the, uh, the story in Genesis? Can you, can you go to Genesis for me real quick? So in Genesis, humans have it perfect. Like, and I, I'm not over-exaggerating. I'm not using that word lightly. It's perfect. They're naked. There's no shame. Like, how do you get to that place? They have the perfect intimate relationship with God. When, when Adam is, you know, tilling the ground, there, there's no thorns. There's no thistles. There's no sweat. He's not even sweating. Like he's working hard, no sweat, no uncomfort. He doesn't go, I need some water right now. None of that. He's just hanging out, tilling, naming some animals, spending time with God, eating whatever he wants. It's perfect. And then Satan comes along and he pushes on their platform. He says, I want want you to see this real quick. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. He's talking about the tree in the middle of the garden. The one thing you're not supposed to eat. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be what? Like God. Platform. You'll have God's platform. Knowing good and evil. Some of you guys know the end of the story. They desire that platform so much that they ruin humanity with one bite of one fruit. Skip forward to Genesis 11, eight chapters later. Humanity's finding rhythm, kind of like we are here. Like they're, they're, they're full of enterprise, they're entrepreneurial, I mean, they're, they're, they're unified, they're talking to one another, they're communicating, they're like, let's just, let's just do life. They're just like America, they're just like the big cities in America. Let's just kill it, is what they're saying to themselves. Humanity is finding momentum, and they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. That's really, really smart. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Next, next uh, slide. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top to the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves. Platform. Platform, from the beginning. Some of you guys know the end of that story. God's not okay with that. He scatters them. It's how we have so, much, so many different races. It's where we get, we get wars. We get division. We get all, all of this because they all wanted 
platform. They wanted to be amongst God. They wanted to be around God. They wanted to be, uh, I'm, t- I'm talking about on his level, they wanted to be awesome. Which is kind of our thing, right? As humanity. We want to rise up. We want to be amazing. Somebody posted the other day. They took a picture of a coffee cup. The coffee cup said, be awesome today. And this person loved the coffee cup. They put it online. Hashtag Monday motivation. Be awesome today. I was not motivated. I don't know. Is there a button you push to just be awesome? To, what does that even mean? But that's us. We've always been a people chasing after platform, chasing after rising up, getting together, being high, never being low. If you're low, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, be entrepreneurial. Be an all-star. You know, again, every single, we talked about this before, every single Nike shirt has a saying on it that's braggadocious. Everything about us, the main message of humanity is rise up. But see, here's, here's the message of Christianity and the message of Christmas. If, if the message of humanity is to rise up, the message of Christmas is to come down. You notice, like, that's, that's kind of crazy, right? I mean, we're all like, let's, let's pick it up. And God's like, no, I, I empty myself for you. This is who I am. I became a slave for you. Let's read all of Philippians 2. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Although he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. How ironic. He empties himself he humbles himself, he's obedient, he puts on flesh, he takes on form, and then he's abused by us and is okay with it. He's a slave to us and is okay with it. He's crucified by us and is okay with it. Here, here's the main message today, and it's going to be really short because we're going to do an interview with our missionaries, but, but here's, here's, a, here's, here's the big idea. Um, God is a missionary God. This is a missionary holiday. And he's a missionary God because... He has desperate news. He doesn't have some news. He doesn't have okay news. He doesn't have good news. He doesn't have great news. He has desperate news. God is a missionary God because he has desperate news. And so what I want to bring up this this month is, are we a missionary people? And do we have desperate news? Do you feel like that? Like we're We're going to bring up missionaries that have went all the way across the world. Okay? But that, that's, that's kind of a rarity. And you guys know that we're all about you being on mission. What do we call our small groups? Missional communities. The name of our denomination is the Christian and Missionary Alliance. All the time we use this word mission up here. God has a mission for you. He's sending you on mission. So let me bring this back up. Do you feel like a missionary with desperate news as you move around Jersey City, as you move around your relationships. Can we recalibrate today and get that back? Let's talk about the first part first. God is a missionary God. Uh, real quick, I'm, I'm going to throw up a simple definition from the Google machine. The Google machine is always flawed, and so this is not an actual good definition, but it is a definition in, in, a, in a sense. A person sent on, I don't like the word religious, a relationship mission, okay? A person sent on a relationship mission, especially one sent to promote. So someone has a message, someone has a word, Christianity, and again, I don't like foreign country because we're all missionaries. Okay, remember, it's the Google machine, so I put it up there, but I don't like the Google machine all the time. So a missionary is someone sent on a mission to promote something, right? They have some sort of a word. And nobody just walks into town, 
And you can ask our missionaries this today. They spent two years in language study. Just two whole years in language study. Nobody just walks into the middle of town as a missionary without learning the language, without putting on uh, the clothes of the people, without eating the food of the people, without suffering with the people, without loving the people. And they just wander into the middle of town and go, hey, I got some news. Wrong language. No one's going to listen. A missionary is someone who enculturates. It's not a word, but I made it up. It's okay. It means to put on the culture of the people. Now it's going to be a word because you know it's good, right? A good missionary is someone who incarnates, puts on the humanity of the people, right? A good missionary is someone who suffers with the people, cries with the people, does their job, uh, sweats with the people, loves the people, eats dinner with the people. And and basically, a good missionary is someone who comes to the level of or or, or to the, the humanity of the person that they're trying to love. Therefore, they'll earn the right to be able to tell them the most desperate news that they have living in their heart. Right? That's what a missionary is. Let me read you John 1. This is who God is. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Another version states uh, he, he put on or he made his dwelling among us meaning he closed the gap that's who God is this is who Jesus is this is a missionary holiday Christmas is about a missionary a, a fabulous amazing missionary doing everything he can because he has desperate news this is what this is about Oh, do you feel like that? Do you feel like you're doing whatever you can to enculturate, incarnate, love people, sit with people, eat with people, give to people to the point where you can share what you have and what you have is desperate news? I made up one more graph. I promise I'm almost done. And I promise I won't make up a graph next week. But one point, this graph, this concept, one of these things that I make, make up, someone's going to go, man, that's going to be a good book. And then I'm going to write the book, and I'm going to give all the money to the church, and you're going to, be, you're going to feel bad about making fun of me. Right? That's what's going to happen. Like, man, I should not have made fun of him and his weird graphs. Okay, but here's another weird graph. I'm calling it the new circle. Here's the concept of the new circle. The greater the news, the bigger the circle of people that you tell. Pretty simple, right? The greater the news, the, the, the bigger the circle that you tell. So, so desperate news is that I, I, I need to die to get this news to you. Decent news is, well, it's just decent news. You don't need to tell everybody that. Now, I grew up with a mom who I went to a, a grocery store with, right? And, and look, people who are strangers in the grocery store, they're not a part of the decent circle, okay? They don't need to know your business. But my mom always would get up there and she'd share all sorts of things that nobody asked for, right? So I'd be with her. This Gatorade's for my baby. He's a tremendous soccer player. And I'm just shrinking in my shirt like, Mom, she did not ask for that information. She's like, I have another kid too. And she just starts to share. And I'm like, I love you, Mom, but just stop. This is decent news. Small circle. Small circle, right? Immediate family. Dinner table, sure. Random person at grocery store, no. Wrong. Now, now, why is it so awkward? Because the news circle. The greater the news, the greater the circle. The less of the news, the less of the circle. Right? It works, I promise. I got another scenario for you. Opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, Ryan uh, on staff here. Ryan and Clara ha- have adopted. All right? I cannot, I cannot think of a more immersive and radical way to love humanity than adoption. Right? It just doesn't get any better than that. Okay? Now, what if I went over to Ryan's house and Clara's house, and there was another child there? And I said, who is this child? 
And they said, oh, well, we adopted somebody. We adopted somebody else. We adopted Sandy. I'd be like, what, 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 what? Come on now. I'd be thinking, I'm nothing to you because you have this amazing news and I'm not even in the amazing circle. You have, it's at least good. It's got to be desperate to me. I mean, it's, it's a new child. So you adopted a child and you didn't even share it with me. Now I know where I stand with Ryan and Clara. See, the new circle is brilliant. It works. It's going to be a book someday. All right? Now think about this. Think about this. Is there any more desperate news? This is what Jesus is saying. I'm a missionary God because this is desperate news. I'm the only way to heaven. And I love you no matter who you are or what you've done. This is desperate news. This means the circle is as big as it gets. Think about this. Christianity is exclusively inclusive. I mean, it's exclusive. I mean, there's only one way to God. That's what the Bible says. I can't, we can't get around that. We can't make up new ways. You know, it can't be, you know, you follow the Ten Commandments in the right way and you get to have, No, it's just do you believe in Jesus Christ? It's exclusive. But it's inclusive to everybody. It's exclusively inclusive, meaning it doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus came as a missionary and he died for you. He lived for you and he died for you. It's desperate news. And, and sometimes I look at that and I go, am I acting desperate? Am I living desperate? God sent his only son to be a slave for me. This is what we celebrate for Christmas. That God is sitting on a throne and he becomes a crying, screaming, pooping child who needs his mother. Do you understand how humbling that is? God did this for you and me. He needed a mommy for you and me. This is desperate news. Um, b- before I bring up our, our, our friends here, I want to I just ask you some questions because um, those, you, you guys know I like to ask you questions of the heart for you to answer. I wonder if you'll recalibrate with me in, in December and bring it back to a missionary holiday and go, am I coming down to people? Not that anybody's on a lower level than you, but are, are you putting on their pain? Are you giving to them? Is that what this holiday is about for you? Or are you coming up right now? Are you giving or are you getting? I mean, this is the... uh, You can't talk about Christmas without talking about the irony because Christ gave himself for us, but yet we spend our life on Amazon getting, right? You can't can't talk about a Christmas message without doing this, but I want you to ask the question, is this month about this for me, being a desperate missionary who gives him or herself away? Your neighbors, are they going to feel that desperation? Let's pray, and let's call um, some people in the flesh up here who live this out. I I figured this would be a good day to just kind of go, these are people that live this out. Um, And they live it out so much so that their family moved across the world uh, into a new culture to one of the the top ten toughest languages uh, that that Americans can learn. and they did this because they are missionaries with desperation. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for uh, this day. We thank you for uh, the message that you have for us. We thank you that you have done whatever you can could to, to bring us this message. We pray that we can be desperate missionaries. You have brought the world to our doorstep. 
You have brought all sorts of nations right here to Jersey City, to Paulus Hook. You brought them all right here. I said, God, can you help us become these missionaries? And if someone here today didn't know that Jesus was sold out in love with them, I, I pray that they would know that today. I pray that they would find a heart to give themselves to you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.